Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. If you're on a bus, uh, if you're on an aeroplane, uh, get up, stomp your feet around, shake your hands over your head, let everybody know you're listening to the Winkly. I am your host, the managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Houndsman, joined here as I am just about every Wednesday by my good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. It is the hump day. It is. I hope people did do that, by the way. I hope they like got up and they were like flailing around and stomping their feet, making a big scene. That's what I want. That's how I want to create a, a viral sensation for the Winkly. Everybody just stands up and two sweets the person sitting next to him. Sure. That's that's kind of over the head with pro wrestling stuff. I'm looking for more just general chaos when you start listening to the show. But, you know, whatever. That's fine. Two sweets, somebody. Pat them on the back. Compliment their wrestling shirt. Whatever you want to do. Uh, welcome to the show. Crotch guys. chop. <laughs> Crotch chop. Tell them to suck it. You can do that. Bring that back. That's fine. You can even Not do at work. I don't recommend that at work. If you're in the office, don't do that. That's true. Professional setting. You may not want to be telling your boss to suck it. But, you know, whatever. If this is the day where you're like, you know what? I know where I'm landing next. I've got another job in the pipeline. You know, just tell your boss to suck it. Just like, boom. Suck it. You know, there you go. Well, yeah, don't do it to the boss. Uh, try to, you know, you know, the, the cute brunette secretary probably shouldn't do it to her either. Just, yeah. you know, just, just, find, just, just, just find the nerdy guy that hangs out at the water cooler. See, that's negative, right? Go for the top dog, right? You don't walk in and, like, tell the smallest dog in the room to suck it, right? You got to go for the big dog. <laughs> You gotta like, you gotta go for the top animal in the room. Anyway, this has been a very productive conversation to start the show today. <laughs> Welcome to the weekly. We do have a lot of news to get to here today for the past twenty four hours in pro wrestling. It is SummerSlam week, so we have some more big interviews for you here as well today as well. After the news, uh, first of all, you're gonna hear from former WWE World Champion ECW World Champion. He is two and zero in Bellator. It is the All American American Jack Swagger. He is gonna be here today. Uh, talking to you all about his uh, successful career in Bellator right now. Uh, he's going to be talking about being a part of the upcoming Capital Wrestling debut in Nashville uh, this Sunday afternoon before SummerSlam, uh, and a lot more. So great to catch up with Jack. And also our own Scott Fishman went, uh, went out and found somebody I was very interested to hear from. Of course, if you listen to the show, you know anything about me. I'm a big fan of comedy. Uh, there's a Lucha Vavoom show coming up tomorrow night, Thursday night in L.A. And the commentator, when they sent me the press release for this, and Scott was like, do you want me to interview anybody from this? Uh, the commentators for this are the Scalar brothers, which are uh, brothers. They're a comedy duo. Uh, they have a lot of specials. I guarantee you've seen them on t uh, TV. If you want to pause for a moment, IMDB, the Scalar brothers, and you'll be a little bit more excited here. Uh, but if you know who they are, uh, you're going to love this. Uh, Jason Scalar talking to Scott Fishman here after I chat with Jack Swagger. So big fun variety hour type show here today and uh, if you're not going to get enough just today you got to keep this thing rolling all through the weekend i'm heading to toronto tomorrow uh so i will be in flight but justin and i we are going to uh, be releasing a SummerSlam preview episode uh episode of the weekly tomorrow i'll have two more big interviews on the show as well um, but i'm getting to toronto tomorrow uh, i'll be covering uh, a lot of uh, different shows i know i'm going to mcfoley's comedy show i think i'm going to roh uh, i'll be at takeover i'll be at SummerSlam. So to follow all of my adventures, follow us on social media, continue to follow the site. Everything's we're, we're the place that's, we're the place that's making it happen, guys. We're moving the wheels of the industry here at Wrestling Inc. Uh, and with that, that's a, that'd be a good T-shirt, actually, Justin. Wrestling Inc. We're moving the wheels of the wrestling industry. Maybe too wordy. I don't know. Yeah, too, too many words. I can shorten it. All right. Anyway, news you can use. 
News We're alert. the spoon that stirs the sauce. <laughs> See, that's great. That's very good. Why are we not? We why are we not selling more shirts? That's a great question. We we stir the wrestling stew. Mm. I like that. We could be get a good big cartoon stew, right? And you and I could be tied up like cartoon characters back to back in the stew, getting boiled in the stew. Oh. And Ra- and Rogers and Rogers is standing there with an apron and a chef's hat. Oh, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd all over again here. Now I'm having a good time. <laughs> all right. News you can use. News will leave a bruise. Uh, let's start off with SmackDown last night. Some of the news coming out of it. Now, first of all, the Wrestling Observer reporting that Vince McMahon tore up and rewrote the SmackDown script hours before the show starts. Uh, we heard this story last week as well. The original plan for SmackDown's main event, I guess, was going to be Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston in a singles match, but that got uh, changed and, and leaked out that it was going to be Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan versus The New Day. Um, yeah, and then, of course, I think we got Kingston Ziggler on the show last night, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, I thought, yeah, I thought SmackDown was, was pretty, pretty enjoyable last night for the most part. Um, well, last night was last night was Ziggler doing uh, Goldberg entrance, and he beat up Ray, and then he oh, fought that's Ali. That's right. That was the Ray spot. That's the Ray Ali spot. That's right. Okay, sorry to blur everybody. Uh, but yeah, oh man, I, I thought last night's show was pretty fun. Yeah, I thought the Ziggler Goldberg stuff was entertaining and a bit of a swerve. I thought Trish was a lot of fun. I thought the the payoff at the end, which we can get to here in just a second, was pretty good. Just surprising to hear that this is, you know, happening regularly now. And it has been for a while. I guess maybe not surprising because this has been a story pretty pretty regularly for some time. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty decent go-home show. I mean, you know, there's I mean, there's some formulaic questions, especially when it comes to the Roman Reigns stuff we can talk about. But, I mean, overall, like, they're at least, like, <clears throat> they at least dedicated segments to where it's like, okay, like, you know, Trish and Charlotte, it got me more excited for the match than I was prior um, they built Dolph up, even though Dolph's probably going to get squashed, you know, against your wishes. Um, that, you know, I like I like what they did with Dolph. You know, the Roman stuff. I like again. We like the cliffhangers and who done it. Uh, if in fact Rowan and Brian are who done it, it was done kind of weird. But you know, but yeah, I think it was it was a better effort show than we've seen some of the weeks recently. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take a piece by piece here. First of all, the Ziggler stuff with the Goldberg. Uh, he was dishing. He laid out Ray Mysterio with two sweet chin musics. He beat. Ali with the sweet chin music, not a zigzag. I'm telling you, man, this is all the Goldberg. They're, he's going to shock the world. He's going to beat Goldberg. And I'm telling you, man, after that, he's he's setting his sights on Shawn Michaels. I mean, it would be a huge talking point if, it, if that's what happens, dude. I mean, I'll get I'll uh, yeah, it'll be a, a huge talking point. And, and, and I mean, and it'll be, you know, if Ziggler did come back for one more year or two more years and, and you know, obviously he's on the, on the back end of his career, you know, Maybe I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe this is yeah. Maybe this is something that was a promise to him incentive. I don't know. I just feel like Sean's been so resistant. You know, Sean's been resistant to an AJ Styles match, Dana Bryan match. Like I just what all of a sudden you know it's not like Sean needs the money. You know, I mean he did Saudi Arabia basically as a favor. So I just I don't know. I don't know. That's a, it's just it's there's a lot there's a lot of weirdness to me about this, especially like at this point in his career. The guys, you know, it's like he was the world champion for a while, but it's never like the most memorable of world championship runs. If you really wanted to sell this guy, give him some big memorable moments here while he's still got time to do that. I'm telling you, this is how you jumpstart it, baby. This is what he, this is exactly what Dolph Ziggler needs. Uh, again, I, I'm not disagreeing that. I'm just saying I can't wrap my head around Shawn Michaels saying, yes, I'm going to do this. All right. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Rowan here. Yeah, Rowan, uh, after he and Daniel Bryan uh, faced off against the New Day, it was revealed. Well, it was revealed by Buddy Murphy, who had to have the crap kicked out of him by Roman Reigns. The whole sequence of this I couldn't help but break it down in my head where I was like, Roman walks in, he says, for everybody to leave, and they're all just, yes, sir, they leave the room. I don't know. That was a little weird to me. Uh, but yeah, Buddy Murphy. Well, they got, they, they got, the, they got the time cues. There was only 90 seconds left, so they couldn't argue. Okay, got it. Uh, I think Otis was in a towel. It was just ridiculous watching them all run out of the room. Anyway, Buddy Murphy, uh, he gets to play the villain here that gets the crap kicked out of him by, by Reigns. I thought this was, you know, it, it, it's it's – it's the kind of television police drama that I think will resonate with the fans. I thought this was for what it was supposed to be. I thought it was very well done, but I couldn't help but think like, yeah, he's going to tell you whatever you want. You're, you're torturing him right now. Roman Reigns. Maybe you're getting fed false information here. Maybe it's not Eric Rowan. So I don't know. Yeah. I wish they would have took this a step further with casino style and, uh, and put Buddy Murphy's head in a vice, um, you know, until he gave up uh, who it was. Um, yeah, you know, I agree with you. I like I like the kind of the police interior. You know, I like I like to you know beat it out of them. Um, it is kind of neat that you know it, we we've acknowledged you know we've talked about it. we have everybody's you know tweeted and seen screen grabs. Of, oh, that looks like that's Rowan in a hoodie there, and oh, that looks like Buddy Murphy was walking away in the background. So 
it is nice that at least they, you know, that, 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 that those things seem to be done on purpose and they're utilized, you know, they're kind of, you know, it makes this mystery seem a little bit more, um, a little bit more substantial. Um, you know, it is it is kind of random if, if you're a fan who just watches Raw and SmackDown and you don't indulge much on the internet or in social media with wrestling, you probably are a little bit like confused. Like, all right, who is this guy, Buddy Murphy, and how do we know? Like, how, where did he come from being involved in this? Um, but yeah, the, the weird thing is, I I don't know how I feel about it. I would think I would have rathered us going off the air with Reigns beating the crap out of Buddy Murphy continuing to ask him for a name and then they just go off the air and then we have to tune in to SummerSlam or tune in next week to find out, hey, did he ever get a name from Buddy Murphy? Did Buddy Murphy ever squeal? Did he, did he give somebody up? I didn't like the it was Rowan and then we just see Brian and Rowan just standing there and then we go off the air, you know, with, with these with these expressionless faces. So I, yeah, okay. I, I you know, that that's the thing. I would have liked more of the hook coming into SummerSlam of like, all right, we just went to black because it was it was 10 o'clock Eastern time. Did Buddy Murphy, I mean, did, did Reigns beat the hell out of him enough to get a name out of him? Who is it? So, so yeah, and, and as the as the go-home episode to SummerSlam, where the last thing you should see should be something getting people on the hook to watch Sunday, this is not an—I mean, while very compelling, I think, you know, you say what you will, I think you're right about maybe you wanted to leave that cliffhanger here. They went this direction. This was the last thing you saw before SummerSlam, and I, I, get, like, I would guess they're going to announce a match on Twitter, like I would guess today. Now, I hope not. There now. shouldn't be a match. They, they should draw, you know— well, maybe you know. I hope there's not a match. Or you know, maybe there's a maybe there's an impromptu Reigns battling with Rowan backstage or somewhere. But I mean, they definitely need to hold off Reigns and Brian. They can milk and get some time out of this. They don't need to rush in and. Ha- I mean, look, they were they were bumping match. They've been bumping matches from SummerSlam to Raw and SmackDown this past week. You know, Aleister Black and Sami Zayn, the the women's tag match on Raw. So it's obvious that they're making some. It's obvious that they know that they kind of overbooked on paper what they were going to do at SummerSlam, and they're pulling back on that. So I don't think you need to add it a an unadvertised match when the mystery is still like we we haven't even, like we don't even know for sure maybe buddy murphy's lying or maybe there's more to it maybe it's not you know like the, we same. haven't even we haven't we haven't hit the apex here so they don't need to jump in and give us a match just yet the mystery is still being un- unraveled this is the second biggest show of the year justin there, i guess yeah second biggest show of the year and like you know so i guess is this is the payoff here then at the rumble i mean is it you know are they gonna are they gonna tease no Roman not that Ray- long I'm, I'm just roman but i mean you have a september pay-per-view you can drag out reigns and brian till then you don't need to jump right into like we need to find out why do they do this to Roman? How does this tie into their announcement that they had? Like what is that's what we need to know. This, this guy's on the cover of the video game, right? Which is supposed to be like a huge deal. Doesn't even match a SummerSlam. So is it Roman Reigns is coming to SummerSlam to get his, to get his hands or find Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan and and he gets the through line story of the night where we keep cutting backstage to Roman Reigns th- throughout SummerSlam as he's on the hunt for Rowan and Bryan. I guess you could go. I mean, maybe they'll do that. Even that's a yeah, little Les- weird to me. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen, George Kennedy style. He's on the hunt. He's on the case. Yeah, it does. If, dude, it feels like a cop drama, right? And, like, I was watching it, too, and I was thinking, you know, WWE did their investigation, and, like, whatever intern was running that thing should have talked to Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns obviously was on the beat, right? He's watching tapes. He's figuring things out. He's talking to witnesses. This doesn't appear to have been done at all in WWE's investigation. He's a natural Simone gumshoe. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, but he doesn't need a match is my point. He does not need a match at SummerSlam. <laughs> he, you know, he can be involved in this, in this, in this investigation. He doesn't need a match. All right. Well, uh, and, uh, let's see after the show, two Oh five live, uh, only Lorcan, uh, he won a six pack challenge match to go on to face drew Gulak, which I guess will be on the kickoff show for SummerSlam, uh, this weekend. Drew's been great. I am a big fan of only Lorcan and his Twitter feed. Uh, have you had a chance to to check out some of Oni's uh, tweets? I have not. G- give it a give it a look. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I will say Oni Lorkin only tweets in all caps. That's it. In punctuation, irrelevant. All right. Uh, and the last thing coming out of SmackDown last night, I wanted it's to. It's kind talk- of frustrating, actually. <laughs> no, it's cold. Uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up coming out of SmackDown last night is the continued tease of whatever this new Shelton Benjamin character is, where he was interviewed backstage. Uh, he was kind of rolling his eyes around. He, uh, he was asked about the 24 seven title. He said one word. I forget exactly what it was. It was like, maybe I don't remember exactly what rolled his eyes, walked off. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Thoughts. I just kind of wanted to get your reaction to what ha- what happened here. I think he's a world-class athlete. He's in phenomenal shape and he's rolling his eyes, walking away. I don't know what they're doing here. They, they started this like six weeks ago. Then they like stopped for a few <laughs> weeks and then. <laughs> 
randomly on the go, randomly on the go home show to, to SummerSlam. He's he's asked about the twenty four seven title, and like I, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I I really I haven't I have no analysis to offer. Uh, we'll flip it back a page here to Raw. Raw got some good news in the ratings. The ratings were up this week six point five percent to two point four seven three. This is of course after last week where the show saw a twenty five percent drop after the Raw reunion. Uh, hours of two point four one in the first second two point five seven one. So actually a little boost there in the second hour. Uh, and the third hour drawing 2.438, which is actually the third hour drew higher than the than the first hour by a couple thousand people. That's that's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah, that's good for all. Yeah. Do you have do you have anything that you would uh, attribute that jump throughout the show to? Uh, I mean, I you know I, I think again I was there in person, which sometimes can be that's sometimes can be better or worse. Um, you know, it was enjoyable. Uh, I I don't know. It just felt like it was it was a good pace show. I felt like everything kind of had you know I mean. There were there was some, there, I mean there was actually a I mean there was some stuff going on in Raw that has like no that you know there's no build that, that didn't have a relevance to SummerSlam but it it still was an interesting pace for the most point you know for the most part it was a I, you know so I don't know if there's one thing I don't know I really don't know if there's one particular thing that, that just I, I, kept grip, gripping people but I, th- I think you're right you know well the show did start with that that uh, tribute to those victims from the the shootings these, this past weekend but then right after that you know after there was a new the, there was a new Raw intro. I think they kind of got lost in that moment there. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I think there was a new... I'm pretty sure it looked like a new Raw intro to me uh, that aired this past Monday night. Oh, yeah, you were there live. So I don't know if you know... If yeah, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't. But, but then again, if I'm there live, I'm also... I'm looking around. I'm, I'm talking. So I, I maybe I... I'll have to go back on DVR and check that out. I don't know if there was or not. I believe it was, unless I was like... All right, I mean, it's the top of the show. I couldn't have been in the can yet. So, you know, it was... I think there was... Uh, a new intro, and I also uh, right at the, the top of the show was the Samoa Joe stuff, where he was on top of the table yelling at the announcers. Very different than how you would normally see a so- show start. I also thought, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, at, at, you had the women's match that I believe was in the second hour. Was that second? Was that first or second or second or third hour? I'm trying to remember. Uh, again, I couldn't, and I was and I, and I was sober during the show, but I, I couldn't tell you. I yeah, but. Yeah, hour. yeah. Trying to recreate the raw in my head here right now, where all the puzzle pieces fit. But I remember that went across an hour break, and thinking to myself, the women always do really much better than people would expect it in the viewership. And I wonder if that's where the bump uh, for the second part came as well. Also, you know, uh, we had a uh, we had Goldberg come out at the end there, and that was a big exciting thing. But I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so there's the viewership. Uh, there were a couple errors that some fans spotted on Raw. The first came during the Roman Reigns attempted car attack in the back parking lot. A mystery driver rammed into Reigns' car, his SUV, before the break, came back from the break. Uh, the damage could be seen on the SUV. And after the commercial, Triple H and Smojo were checking on Reigns, but there was no damage to the SUV. I didn't notice this, but that did uh, a lot of people buzzed about that. The other error was yeah. – I'm sorry, go ahead. Did you no, I'll just say a lot of people there noticed it. <laughs> okay, I didn't even notice it. Uh, weird. That's a very small continuity thing. I'm sorry. I'm surprised they got wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, second error came. Oscar and Kerry uh, Sane came out for the women's tag title elimination four way. Uh, the graphic for the Kabuki Warriors included two Twitter handles: uh, one for Sane and the other for Io Shirai, not Oscar. Sane and Shirai did tag before at NXT. But uh, interesting to note, yeah, Oscar, they the the graphics guy screwed it up. Must be an old NXT graphics guy. Yeah, because like I, I would think they have those things saved, so I would think you'd have yeah. the correct one for the correct Kabuki Warrior saved, and so that's interesting that they, you know, I don't know. Insane, insane. All right, that's odd, a, odd mistake. Uh, last that was the last of the raw tidbits here. We got some injury updates. Pro Wrestling Sheet reporting that Bobby Lashley has undergone elbow surgery. Uh, the 43-year-old Lashley needed to have bone spurs removed from his elbow. We don't really know when this injury occurred. Uh, he is set to make his return to the ring, though, in early November. Um, so, man, yeah, I, I wonder if they knew about this. That's why they did the big spot there with, with Braun Strowman. And also, what's going on with Braun? He was getting a big push there. Yeah, I don't really know. He's not really doing anything at the moment. He's not doing anything? How, how many weeks have we not seen Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin? Gone. I know. They're ghosts. They got beaten into a literal pulp. It seems, yeah, it seems, I don't know. I, I don't, and I, I can only think that maybe this is, you know, this is all happening over a time of transition and, you know, a lot of changes internally as we hear. I, I just have to imagine they're just, just trying to push puzzle pieces around to where they want them, I guess. Well, with Lashley, I was thinking, you know, he's going to be back in November, which is, you know, in time for him for, for the Rumble and, and WrestleMania and everything. He did seem to start to kind of wane after Leo Rush left because I think people really enjoyed that. You know, I, I know Leo has got this new rap song out right now. 
Uh, he's talked about how he's kind of on a, a sabbatical here. I don't know if you couldn't time it out where when you bring Lashley black, back, you could uh, you could bring back Leo Rush as well because I think it'd be so cool to to have when he does come back to reunite them. I think I think I think people miss that duo. I, I mean, I think that they were a very entertaining duo. Yes, I don't know if we're gonna I, Leo Rush might be done with WWE for the time being. Like we might see Leo Rush someplace else before he's back with WWE. What do you know? What know. do you know about what's going on with Leo Rush right now? Because it's like so I, I, much. I don't know much. I don't know much, but it seems like you know. It seems like he. It seems like he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for one action or another action, and I mean, like he's. It seems like he's just kind of checked out of WWE. I don't know what his contract status is, but it kind of feels like both parties are just kind of like. Just wait until it runs out, and that's that. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm put this way. I'm not expecting to see him pop up on TV anytime soon. So. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Uh, Ruby Riot, uh, leader of the Riot Squad, she underwent successful sur- surgery to repair a bilateral injury on her left shoulder yesterday. Um, she underwent surgery back in May to repair the same injury on her right shoulder, and it was confirmed that she was going to undergo the same operation on her left, which happened yesterday. No word when she'll be back, but uh. Yeah, she's been missed. I was always I'm a, I'm a big Ruby Riot fan. She was a Midwest here. She was Heidi Lovelace, very very talented. Um, you know the the whole Riot Squad is just kind of dissipated. They fall into the backdrop. So it'd be great to to see her come back into the mix. I've missed her and Liv and, and Sarah Logan. I thought they were all great. I, I don't know where they went. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Ruby myself. Yeah, uh, and uh, PW Insider or, or PWI. Yeah, PWInsider.com. Ugh, brain brain f myself. Pat Buck has officially joined the WWE as a producer. Uh, you may know Pat as the owner of WrestlePro in New Jersey. Uh, he appeared on Monday night's episode of Raw as one of the men to check on Roman Reigns following the hit and run. Hit and run. It was said that uh, WrestlePro is going to continue with its normal schedule with Kevin Matthews becoming the go-to man for the promotion. You probably know Ke- Kevin Matthews as a former Impact Wrestling superstar KM. Um, Buck is uh, also working alongside Raw Tag Team Champion Kurt Hawkins as a trainer at the Creative Pro uh, Wrestling Academy. Uh, are you familiar? He's an East Coast guy. You're an East Coast guy. You familiar with Pat Buck, Justin? Uh, I do I do know him. I spoke to him. Uh, he's a nice guy, good guy from all accounts, and, and good for him for getting this opportunity. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I've heard uh, nothing but good things about Pat. And uh, WrestlePro, they're running Alaska pretty soon. I think this is going to be like their second or third show. That's really cool. That they're bringing wrestling. Isn't that weird? It's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're bringing wrestling to Alaska. It's incredible. Uh. We're, we're stirring the stoop. They're freezing. Stir, we're stirring the soup. They're freezing the ice. Yeah. Uh, and let's move over here. Uh, well, this is a WWE into AEW pivot story. It's great. Dash Wilder responded to a fan on Twitter claiming the Lucha Brothers were a better tag team. Dash Wilder said, you have to make actual tags to be a tag team. Hell of a moves team, though, of course, uh, referring, I think, to the Lucha rules, where as soon as your partner leaves the ring, you can get uh, back into the ring. Uh, I, you know what? I'm, I know that everybody here is winning. I know that the wrestlers here are all probably enjoying this. I do love that the Revival just continues to stoke these uh, feuds with teams, not in WWE, because it does raise their value so much, I feel like, for WWE to know that these guys have these kind of built-in dream programs elsewhere, if, if you follow my logic. You know, Jericho's supposed to have two mystery partners on the premiere episode. I know. To go up, what wouldn't wouldn't the revival just make the perfect partner for Jericho to go up against uh, the Bucks and uh, and uh, uh, why am I blanking the third person? The Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Um, but wouldn't the revival be the perfect perfect uh, two guys? Yeah, but I mean, like, have they resigned? Are they? I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. It just you're right. They keep they keep. Uh, they keep they keep pushing buttons. I'm, it, it, would just, it would just be very fitting. I don't know if it can even happen, but it'd be very fitting. But they are right though. Moves team, Lucha rules. There's no tag. I wonder if it's gonna be Hall and Nash. I kind of in the back of my head. I mean, you make your first episode on TNT, two mystery partners. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Well, I well I I just talked to Nash this morning. I, uh, I, he's coming to West Virginia in September for anybody who wants to uh, meet and greet with Kevin Nash for the IWC wrestling at the Wheeling Island Casino. Maybe we'll ask him there. Are you gonna be? Well, I guess he, I guess he was the number two man, so he wasn't. You know, Hogan was third. Are you going to are you going to be the number two man? Yeah, behind Jericho. Yeah, go please ask him. Now, if I had <laughs> if I had a chance to talk to Scott Hall, I'll say I'll ask him that. So we yeah, we uh, get the full story. Yeah, we could get both sides of this thing. Um, that's uh that's crazy. You're just like talking to Kevin Nash. He just went and got a stem cell surgery in like uh in like Spain. Is that right or something like that? Colombia. Colombia. Okay. Yeah, he seems pretty happy about that. Yeah, he's feeling good. 
Good. Well, good for him. Uh, all right. Lastly here, in the world of AEW, uh, AEW has officially announced their second and third TNT episodes. Uh, they're going to air live from Boston, Massachusetts, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the Wednesday, October 9th episode will air live from the Angus Arena in Boston. The uh, October 16th episode will air live from the Lyacora Center at Temple University. Full details on the events and tickets are going to announce uh, this Friday, August 9th at uh, noon Eastern. What do you make of uh, Boston and Philly as the follow-up locations here for TNT's uh, first round of TV tapings? Good market choices. They are running smaller arenas. It's not as big as the Capital One Arena in D.C., which is the the pro arena, meaning it's where the Washington Capitals play. It's where the Washington Wizards play. We've talked about the large capacity. Um, they're playing the they're doing the arena in Boston where the Boston University hockey plays. Um, you know, so not you know I think that's more like a ten thousand kind of capacity. Uh, or actually, might even be a little bit less than that. Um, you know, they're playing the you know in Philly they're going where Temple. University and basketball plays there again, smaller, but, but, you know, I mean, still respectable arenas. It's not like we're talking about, uh, you know, bingo halls. I mean, there's still actual arenas uh, and, and, and it might be that they're doing them because again, both, you know, the Wells Fargo and Philly and the TD garden in Boston, again, that's where the basketball and hockey teams in those respective cities play. They might in, in, in October's right in the start of uh, those seasons. So it, you know, it's possible they might already be booked. Those bigger arenas might be booked, but nonetheless smaller, but obviously a safer, you know, lo- less rent you, you assume. And obviously, um, less, pre- less, less capacity. So less, um, you know, less pressure to, you know, less of an obstacle to sell it out to I'm trying to say easier sell up. So, uh, I think it's, I think it's wise you know, stick with the big markets right now. My guess at this time is a former WWE and WWE ECW world champion. He's currently two and oh in Bellator MMA fights. He's going to be teaming up with Darius Carter to take on Anthony Gagon and Paul Jordan when Capital Wrestling makes its national Nashville debut on August 11th. It is the all-American American, Jack Swagger. Jack, thank you so much for taking the time. Hey, thank you for having me. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, you know, this is, a, this is a pretty interesting event they've got coming up here. You know, we'll start with, how did you get involved with Capital Wrestling? Uh, the same way. Uh, they reached out, and it happened to work out that our schedules uh, connected. And, uh, you know, they were very professional, and they seemed like they were very well-run and how they approached me and it seemed like a great opportunity to be a part of this debut. Yeah. And it's not just a debut here. Uh, Capital partnered with wrestling for innocence on the show uh, to raise money for Adam Brasile's legal defense because he was wrongfully convicted of murder in 26 or 2006. Uh, what do you, what do you think about this, this cause that you're helping to raise awareness for? Hey, any uh, wrongful conviction causes, uh, uh, you know, that we're raising money for are good ones. There's uh, a lot of incarcerated uh, people that are wrongfully uh, incarcerated. And so I think I think it's great to be a part of something like this and look forward to helping raise a lot of money. Yeah, and you're going to be on the card here as well with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, the Outsiders. Uh, what are your memories of these guys from back in the uh, the Monday Night Wars? Uh, they were kind of cool, right? They were okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, during the Monday Night Wars, uh, 13-year-old uh, Jack Swagger thought uh, they were the coolest. Those, the Wolfpack, I had my, my red NWO shirt. I was all in. Oh, you were Wolfpack. You weren't black and white. Uh, I was born Wolfpack, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. And did you ever have you had much time to spend with Kevin and, and Scott now that you're an adult and also in uh, the, the pro wrestling field with them? Oh, absolutely, man. Just the fact that I, I know them on a first-name basis like, blows my mind. It's, it's, it's amazing. Those guys are both great people, and uh, every chance or every time I've been with them, it, it's been like family. They just accepted me and uh, been very helpful with anything and everything that they could do, whether it's the pro wrestling that we're doing that day or future stuff down the line or just having great laughs, man. Really uh can't say enough about those two. Really, really good people. Well, speaking of two, you are 2-0 and in Bellator right now. Uh, how does your MMA team feel about you continuing to take pro wrestling bookings while your MMA career is seemingly taking off right now? Well, when we left WWE in 2017, I mean, this was the plan. Uh, we, we, we could see the industry of pro wrestling really rising and becoming so popular, um, even on the independent level, that it was a good opportunity to leave and and do both. So the MMA team, the coaches there have been great the whole way, accommodating the schedule, um, 
you know, we have lulls where we don't wrestle and then we go harder. And then, you know, they have times where we have work on the shows, but they've, they've been on board the whole time. They understand what we're trying to do and, uh, that no one else is doing something like this, both pro wrestling and MMA actively. So it's a, it's an exciting time. And, uh, very lucky to got, have guys like Josh Rafferty, Joey Best, Rob Bradford. Uh, I mean, those guys are my heroes. Yeah, and you know, you won really decisively here in your last fight in that first round. Uh, how are you feeling here going into your your next bout for Bellator? Man, it's really cool to see the progression since 2017 when I started uh, when I started the journey. It's been over two and a half years now, and so to see where I was, where I was really tr- uh, struggling with uh, kickboxing, to where I am now, two and zero professionally, uh, it, it's really cool, and it gives you you know a lot of motivation to keep going because you know you're you you were on the right path because essentially i left uh you know a very well-paying job that you know thousands upon thousands of people around the world would love to have for the opportunity for a better opportunity and so right now it's a cool moment for my family and i would feel vindicated you know we made the right choice we struggled of course during those two and a half years to supplement the income coming from that great job but uh now we kind of see like okay this is this is going to be fruitful and uh we're very excited about the future bellator has been amazing to work with uh they just give me opportunity after opportunity and uh i'm grateful grateful for it and also i'm gonna put my foot down on the throttle and uh it's time to show off a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, you were you were an independent contractor when you worked at WWE. I would imagine you're an independent contractor with Bellator. You're you're welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, between the two, which do you feel like you're paying? You pay more out of pocket expenses because I know it's very expensive to train for MMA fights, and it's also pretty expensive to live life on the road as a WWE superstar. Yeah, I mean, definitely WWE because they are on the road for 200, 300 shows a year. So all the road expenses, car rentals, hotels, uh, you know, two to three meals a day, uh, gym memberships, bottles of water. It, uh, it it adds up, you know, and then you take a big chunk out with the, the taxes that you have to pay for the certain bracket that you're in. So it um it levels out to not as much as people would think if you really looked at the numbers and broke it down. Um, so me training for MMA is such a blessing after, you know, 12 years on the road, 200 to 250 shows a year. Now I'm home with my family and it's, uh, you know, we really needed it. You know, it was, it's been a blessing for us to like really come together after 12 years where, you know, my son is seven. I've been on the road for like half of his life. So it's been uh, a truly a blessing to be here and train and uh, have this amazing opportunity while staying at home. Um, MMA training is expensive, but right now I got um, like an underground unit going here where it's uh, you know a bunch of guys training together here in Tampa uh, for a cause. Uh, you know, everyone's got their own uh, schedule, but we train together, get better. Um, Guys, guys like Alon Cruz, who just had that flying knee last night on the Contender Series. Uh, you know, he's a regular partner of mine that uh, who's part of the team, and we just kind of come together and we're bodies for each other and learn and get better, and then we push each other, and it's it's really been cool. And that's one thing I found out about myself since leaving WWE. It's like I need to be pushed. I'm the, I'm just that type of guy. I need to be pushed full throttle. And that's when you get the best out of me. Now, how does your seven-year-old feel about you fighting? Is he way into it, or is he like, Dad, you're going to get hurt. I'm scared of what you're doing for a living. Uh, yeah, he's excited about it. Um, I, we don't really fully – I mean, they get to watch it, but those first two were kind of, you know, it looks like wrestling. So we explained it to him like that. Um, don't really go into the details as far as that. 
because they're not really paying that much attention. Okay, just wondering how long, uh, how many more fights? They, you... I don't get, I don't, I don't get, I don't get any brownie points, you know, for being on the television. Okay, <laughs> like Dad, I just want you to to hang out with me and do puzzles and things. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how many fights do you have left on your Bellator contract right now? How many? How many? How many more often? How much? How how often can we expect to see you going forward? I guess in Bellator. Yeah, it's it's about time for another one. I, I expect soon we're going to be making an announcement for the next date. Um, so that'd be the third one, and then you know technically I have three more on there. But uh, you have a good relationship, and Bellator has been great to work with. Um, it's one of those things where we can renegotiate um, when the time is right. Okay, and and you seem very happy with Bellator. But would you would you be in there? Would you entertain a leap to UFC? Is that a promotion that interests you at all? Uh, you know, uh, I, I am, I'm such a hooker. I, I do it for the money. So <laughs> anything interests me. Um, right now I'm very happy with Bellator. Um, so not, not thinking about it for, you know, I got a long way to go as a fighter, but I think I'm going to jump a lot of levels very quickly. And I think Bellator is, uh, the place for me to really hone, hone my craft and, why would I think about leaving? I think they got a great selection of heavyweights here. I think they put on a great card every time they put on a show. And it's, um, it's actually really exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, before your last fight, you went on social media and you made this comment about how you got a call from Donald Trump. Now, uh, was that a legitimate call or were you making a joke about him calling you? It was on the internet, so it has to be legitimate. Right? Now wait, now wait. That's why I'm asking because I feel like that's tongue in cheek what you just said here. Now, did you really get a call from Donald Trump, or were you working everybody? Are you calling me a liar, sir? I, now look, you are a very scary man. I am not trying to uh, insinuate anything. I'm just trying to get to the truth of the issue here because I had a lot of people that wanted me to ask you this question. Yeah, he called me. It was great. Uh, very, very honored for have to have him call me. We talked briefly. Um, you know, we had met before uh, at WWE event in Green Bay. Um, and so we kind of had a little bit of a relationship from that. And he was at WrestleMania 29, um, you know, sat right by my wife front row. So, uh, you know, old family friend. And uh, he just was very proud of the the. the of the hard work that he saw real American doing. He actually called you. That is crazy, man. I had a lot. All of... right. Now you are calling me a liar. For no, sure. no. I just had a lot of people that did not think this was on the level. I thought it was because considering the relationship with you guys, you know what? I mean, what, do you, what did he say? I mean, like, I don't know what is this good luck, you know, grab him to give you advice. I don't know. Hey, that's my advantage. That's my advantage that I take with me. <laughs> when you get a call from the president, you can uh, keep it for yourself. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I did my journalistic duties here. I prodded you about it. Now, do you really feel like you and Zeb, the work you guys did on TV, helped to motivate him to, to launch his political campaign and, and, and what he's gone on to do? I, there's definitely some very similarities in the rhetoric and uh, the terms, um, but I don't. I don't really think we had anything to do with it. <clears throat> okay. Um, that was 2013. Uh, was was we, was that mania? It was 29, and so it, what was it? 2015. Two years later, we announced. Well, you know what? He definitely pulled Zeb aside and, and told him he liked it. So you know, I'm sure it was already brewing because he could see the problems in the country and. Uh, I, for one, am very thankful to have him as my president. Wow. And, like, is that crazy to you to think that your wrestling career has somehow, like, affected geopolitical issues and things? I mean, that's just wild to me to think of, like, the, the way that you have intersected with national politics. Well, I, I had pitched an idea uh, before I left. It was uh, 2016. And it was like it was like the fall of sixteen and I said, Let's let's bring back Dutch and me and let's mimic everything Donald Trump does and he didn't wanna wanna do it and I was like, Come on, Vince, you can tell your friend that you put him in the White House you know, so 
it, it was it must have been it was 2015 actually it wasn't right before I left it was a year before that and uh, uh, he he didn't want to he didn't want to mess with the, our our president which I'm glad we didn't now okay but it would have been it would have been an honor out of honor because you know we obviously would be his lackeys and agreed with everything that he did. Wow. Uh, well, switching gears here a little bit, I just wanted to get your impressions on the current, like very vibrant pro wrestling landscape. You know, you're obviously doing very well in Bellator right now, uh, getting your MMA career off and going here, but seeing how much money is being thrown around and seeing that the lay of the land, are you getting an itch to do more pro wrestling at the moment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's awesome to be a pro wrestler. Um, spent 12 years in the trenches, uh, you know, being treated like a grunt. Uh, it, it's great to finally see like the changes being made to the industry. And, um, the changes to the industry and in that, uh, it, it really is popular amongst fans and how they're reacting to it and almost gravitating towards the change. Um, very cool. Very exciting. Yeah. And, and as far as Bellator goes, like if you came to them and said, Hey, you know, I, AEW, they made me a deal. It's going to be, you know, once a week or maybe sometimes twice a week. Would they be open to letting you straddle the fence there and, and do both at the same time? That'd definitely be a, a conversation uh, to have. They've been very supportive of all the pro wrestling dates and uh, definitely encourage the other side of it. You can see it definitely helps to have a fighter with pro wrestling uh, mic skills inside that cage because when the fans start booing you you just got to dish it right back at them you know i know chicago loves me they're just uh mad that their quarterback is named uh ah oh, shit what's his name <laughs> I mean, whatever i should anyway. know this i'm in chicago but i don't follow sports so well so um, yeah yeah um well you know with uh, with that you know i brought up AEW there you know john moxley obviously there now formerly a wwe superstar he did that, you know, hot uh, podcast there with Jericho. Made some comments about WWE's creative. Did you hear this podcast? Did, did any of what he say resonate with you and, and sound familiar to your time in the company? I, I didn't hear the pod, uh, podcast. Sorry, Chris. Um, um, but you know, I saw a lot of headlines about it, and so from what I saw, yeah, it does resonate. And uh, you know, just one of those things when you have a big company. Uh, the things get lost, you know, things get wasted. Yeah. Did you ever feel like you were asked to do anything that you were uncomfortable with or, or did not want to do? <laughs> um, character wise all the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But nothing like sexually, like you're making it sound. That's like. not what I said, Jack, you know, that I wasn't trying to sexualize this question. <laughs> now, well, <laughs> You got any examples? You like stuff you did not enjoy having to do as a performer? Um, well, you know, it's you know, it's nothing. You know, it's stuff like it was the thousandth uh, episode of uh, Raw, and uh, I think it was 2012, maybe, and uh, I got beat by Brodus Clay in six seconds. I literally took a turnbuckle and he covered me just because you know time constraints it was a big episode to be on but you know stuff like that not having the, the amount of time uh to to do anything you know if you get some time on television then really the ball's in your court and you can take it and make it for what it is but yeah. gotta have time well, uh, your good friend Ron Killings, who wrapped you to the ring or to the octagon here, the cage, the last time you fought, uh, he's been taking the ball and running with this WWE 24-7 championship. I don't know how much of that you've had a chance to check out, but what do you think of the work your friend Ron Killings is doing with that title right now? Man, he's beyond a superstar. I mean, he is just like above and beyond. Anything he touches is just so entertaining and just so fun to watch. And, and the best part is it's real. It's sincere. Like you can see that that's wrong killing. That's our truth. And it, it, it's just awesome to be a part of. And I've, I've seen it all because I follow him on all the social media gimmicks and, uh, it's a great follow. Everybody should follow him at wrong killings. And, uh, you know, that's the whole thing. When you get an opportunity, you really got to make it your own. And that is what takes off. 
and that's what he does with anything that they give him. He makes it his own, and it takes off. And so, really cool. I think uh, he's uh, deserving of way more in there. Um, you know, look, I think, I think the moon of a month. You know, that night when he wrapped me out to the ring or to the octagon was like, dude, he looked larger than life out there. It was, it was just so cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's putting on a show right now. Create a lot of attention, that's for sure. You know, uh, one other thing, one last thing I wanted to ask you about here before we wrap it up was uh, I'm a big a big fan of this uh, blood sport concept that GCW and Josh Barnett are doing. He did it with Matt Riddle before that. Uh, how familiar are you with this blood sport? Are you in? Ta- have you have they approached you at all about participating in the in blood sport two here in about a month or so? Yeah, yeah. Um, they approached me for the one back at Mania. And um, I wasn't going to Mania, so we haven't, we haven't really talked to them since then. Uh, I heard the first one was good, um, so it's cool, you know. I thought it was popular, you know. Let's look at variations of it. Um, shoot wrestling is very popular across the world, so maybe it'd be great to bring it to America. Yeah, I'd like to see, dude. I think you'd be perfect for that. I saw Killer Cross and Davy Boy. In there, I saw Josh Barnett Suzuki. That was a, an amazing bout. You just seem like a layup for this. It seems like a styled show that I think you just excel at. You know, man, how big is Davy Boy right now? He's huge. <laughs> Talk to me about Davy. You a fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan. He uh, just moved to Tampa, so he's one of the training partners. Man, he was uh, laying on me the day in jujitsu. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> He's a big, strong, scary man, dude. I mean, can you? I felt bad for the poor kid who, who charged Brett. I mean, I guess I shouldn't feel bad for him, but Davey was on him pretty quick and, and got his blows in, I know. All right. Don't open it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, brother. I know we're at the tail end here. No, All right. no, 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 no worries. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was like someone trying to collect money, but it was a, a, a you know, a local high school kid. So okay, gotcha. he's okay. All right, fair enough. All right, well, hey Jack, I'll wrap it up there again. You're going to be there, Capital Wrestling, uh, Wrestling for Innocence, August 11th. They're presenting their first show in Nashville. Uh, what else would you like to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the interview today? Uh, make sure you come by and get your tickets for the meet and greet. Uh, I'll be there for at least an hour and a half to two hours. We'll have uh, sweatshirts, comic books, all the good stuff. Follow me on Instagram, Real Jack Swagger. But if you really want a great follow and want to get a great at-home workout, then follow Catalina Swagger on uh, Instagram. It's at Catalina Hager. It's uh, you will not regret it. She she is what you, why you see the change in my body because of this. That's all I'm going to say. You want Swagger abs? Do the Catalina technique. So, um, take me back. So, is this uh, how many of these shows have you been uh, to and a part of over the years? Oh my God, um, over ten, I think. Okay, a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I've been, we've been doing this for a decade, maybe. Wow. Okay. So tell me how you kind of came about to come upon uh, working with uh, this uh, organization that's doing these shows and just how you think it's evolved over the years to, to where it's become uh, this kind of a niche thing where, where people you probably see all the time attend these shows regularly. Um, yeah. Well, we, so originally my brother and I had done a show on ESPN classic called cheap seats, which was, you know, kind of like Mystery Science Theater for old, weird sporting events. We did some wrestling shows, so we developed kind of an ability to quickly find what was funny about certain situations while at the same time, you know, understanding the commentary, the commentating of the event as well. So we had that skill. And then two friends of ours, Dave Jargowski and Dan Crane introduced us to Rita DeAlbert, who was involved with Lucha Vavoom. And she said, he said to Rita, these guys would be perfect for your show, because our buddy Blaine Kapach, who is sort of the de facto all-time host of the show from a comedy perspective, he uh, was a friend of ours, and he, you know, a comedian that we've always loved and looked up to. 
And so he was involved, so that gave us sort of gave the event credibility for us to be able to say, yeah, this, they're getting the right type of, type of comedy at this show. And they asked us to be a part of it. And the first time we went and did it, we were immediately hooked. I mean, it's like 2,000 people at the Mayan Theater going nuts for luchador-style wrestling and um, an unbelievable dancing, too. So it was just, you know, we felt like we could provide the comedy that would make it a night of a bunch of laughs as well. And you just have to be quick. And that was a muscle that we had already developed through Chief Seed. So it was like perfect. The first time we did it, we were like, okay, we want to do this as much as we can. It's a blast. <laughs> so uh, how far does your wrestling fandom, for you and your brother, how far go back? Uh, was it, were you fans I mean, growing it up? Goes, I put it this way. We were sad when we found out that Harley Race died this week. Um, wow. Harley Race, I remember Harley Race getting a, a brain claw from one of the Von Erics at Wrestling at the Chase in St. Louis. That's where we came from. I don't know how he died. Um, well, we came from St. Louis, so Midwest, Wrestling at the Chase. I mean, our heyday in wrestling kind of came when we were probably mid-80s, so we were in the know the most around, you know, the first WrestleMania, second WrestleMania, WWF, um, WCW, Iceman, King Parson, uh, the Four Horsemen, Big John Studd, Ivan Pusky, you know, all those dudes. And obviously Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, uh, King Kong Brody, King Kong Bundy, um, <laughs> I was gonna ask you what I was gonna ask you what your first interaction with a wrestler was. Was that it? <laughs> uh, that was our first. I mean, our our buddy, uh, a friend of ours, had an interaction with Big John Stud. He made a sign that said Big John Stud is a dud, and Big John Stud spit on him. So that was kind of cool. Uh, you know, I. The first interaction, we up close interaction outside of the wrestling ring was we were, well, or 14, I'm sorry, we were 14 in Minneapolis for like a youth group convention in the airport without our parents. One of the first times we were like away from our parents. And we were in the bathroom and he walked in and we were like, that's King Kong Bunny. He went straight to like the, the biggest stall possible and it was just, it was like the end of 4th of July, but they empty out all the fireworks. <laughs> it was just, I mean, America won that day, is all I can say. <laughs> it was life-changing for you. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, it was like magic. It was like seeing up-close magic. Um, so what do you make of uh, when you see wrestlers kind of going into comedy into your kind of era, I mean, avenue? Um, do you kind of follow this? And just kind of what are your thoughts on, on the transition that they're making here? Well, you know, I think it's hard. I think... Um, I've seen some wrestlers try it, and I think, you know, one thing that they have a lot of is obviously stage presence, and, um, you know, but comedy is a hard thing. Like, like I think very few wrestlers turned comedians uh, are really comedians at heart. I think a lot of them want to be comedians, and I think that's cool, and I think some of them can develop into comedians. But I think a guy like Colt Cabana is already funny. That guy is one of the funniest people we know, let alone wrestlers. Like, the match, he sent us a match he did in Japan, and I'm so remiss to forget the Japanese wrestler's name. It was maybe the funniest 10 minutes I've ever seen. Like, they basically didn't wrestle. It was just about them getting in and out of the ring and, like, taunting each other through all the wrestling tropes. It was so funny. I think you saw that. It, it was so funny. Kokoman is hilarious. But he gets it on a deep comedic level. You know, it's just like, you know, I wouldn't expect, like, a big, strong comedian to just suddenly say, I want to be a wrestler. I mean, it takes a lot of time. It takes years to develop the skills and ability. But I think someone like Cabana is like, he's that funny. Mm -hmm. I think what's great about uh, Lucha Boom, and you mentioned the in Japan, I know they have the DDT promotion where there's so many different ways of presenting professional wrestling. I mean, I think that's kind of what 
is attracting to a, to a lot of people right now. So is there any kind of current wrestling that you're watching that you become a fan of or that you're, you're a fan of? You mentioned Cole Cabana, but is there any others that you kind of think about? I, mean, Cole, think of- I would say Cole the most, and then I would say um, biggest fan of Cole Cabana, and then I would say um, also a fan of, of Lucha Vavu. I mean that's pretty much all the wrestling we my my kids aren't old enough quite yet to watch wrestling so we haven't really gone down we haven't opened up that box yet but um but we will um uh, so yeah I'm kind of lost touch unfortunately with like WWE and that kind of stuff so and you know uh along with yourself uh Andy Richter is also going to be at this show here um just how far does your friendship or your working relationship with him go? And just what can we expect from you guys, uh, you know, watching, following the action here? Andy is so funny. He's, you know, you see it on Conan. He's like, every time they go to him, he's an instant laugh. He's a great improviser, like, from way back. He could carry a show by himself. I'm so Andy Richter. I'm so lucky to work with him and do this. My brother worked with them last time he did Lucha Boom. I was on a different night. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just an honor. Like, I, I love him. I'm re- I feel really lucky that I get to do it with him. How do you, uh, how do you, so how do you kind of compare this to doing, like, a set? Like, how do you kind of prepare yourself for, for these shows, these live shows where you're kind of working without a net here? Yeah, it's harder. You have to go in and trust that you'll be funny. Camp, you can't prepare jokes. You just got to go in and, and let it rip and, and just trust yourself that you can be funny. And so obviously like a little, a little bit of it is sometimes holding back a little and knowing that like three great snipes are better than like three or two good ones and four misses. If if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's a little bit of like, let me, hang back until I have a great one and then use that one. Especially with like Blaine, who's such a pro and Andy Richter, who will always deliver. Have you ever gotten an issue where you said something that angered one of the participants? No, cause they're the, I mean, they're legitimately there just for fun. They know. And, and the guys who play the heels, that's what you want to do. You want to yeah. anger this guy. You can rile him up and have them turn their anger towards you, then you win. The crowd loves it. Do you have a do you have a favorite moment from one of the shows that you've been a part of? Um, I do remember there was a – this is the last one. Sorry, I'm going to have to go and pick up my daughter. But there was yeah. a um, – there was dwarf wrestling, and I remember in the middle of the match uh, – this is a long time ago. This is how long the, the wrestling was. I was like, oh my god! I just remembered. I have to. I have to. Re- okay. Oh my god! I just remember. I have to return the station agent to Netflix. That's how old that was when you got discs from Netflix. That's how long we've been doing it. Um, <laughs> it's a super fun show. I love it. I feel really, again, lucky to be a part of it. To try, we try. It's fun because, like, when you see how hard these guys are trying, and you see these guys fly over the top rope into the crowd. And you see what how they're just laying themselves out. As a comedian, it's inspiring. You're like, I want to do my best work and crush it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, lastly, just real quick, uh, just for those who might not be familiar with your work, where can they find you? I know you have a podcast. I know you have worked with uh, network television as well. So where can they find you next? Um, we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we make fun of dumb news, true crime news stories. Uh, we try to fight this stupid wave of stupidity with uh, comedy. And then, hang on one second. Hang on. Hang on one second. I'm just finishing up. Um, and then we did. Okay, I will. Then just wait. Wait right here, Stuart. Um, sorry about that. Uh, some people down. Uh, we're on the new season of Glow. Speaking of wrestling, um, on Netflix, which we're really excited about, coming out soon. Uh, and then we have View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. Uh, podcast, which is really fun. What are you doing on Glow for Peak fans to know that? Um, we're part of the Las Vegas world. We play really sleazy dudes from Las Vegas. It's going to be fun. Super fun. Awesome. All right. Well, thank All you right, so then. much for your time. 
Seems like you've come full so circle much. with all the wrestling. Yeah. It's, I'm it's going to talk so to you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, uh, sorry I was a little late. Sorry I was a little right. late. Okay. Right. Talk to you later. Bye. Right, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show. Thank you very much to Jack and uh, Jason Sklar. And for Scott for going out and getting that interview with Jason. Uh, always love welcoming comedians and other personalities that are pro wrestling adjacent to the show. And I want to thank you for being Winkly adjacent, for listening to us here. Uh, if you enjoy the show, tell a friend. Go over to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes. Subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. Tuesday through Thursday, I always try to drop the show around noon 30 central time to the best of my abilities. Uh, so let the let your friends know. Let your pro wrestling buddies know. This is the fun pro wrestling show to listen to. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we will be back. Uh, I have uh, two big interviews. Uh, Justin and I are going to do our SummerSlam preview tomorrow. Uh, one of the interviews will be with Busted Open Radio's Dave LaGreca. Uh, Busted Open is uh, going to be doing a pre-SummerSlam party. So we talk about that. We talk about SummerSlam in general. We talk about how uh, we talk about the Busted Open party I went to with him in New York and some of the green room shenanigans that occurred there so you're gonna love that one there's also another big interview that i'm recording this afternoon and if you know me it's like superstitious for me to record or to tell out loud who it is if i haven't recorded it yet but it's a big one and it's gonna it's gonna please you very much and i think you're going to love tomorrow's show uh and with that justin what do you want to plug promote put over here to uh wrap up the uh winkley today Give me a follow at Justin Labar, and I always support my friends, and I'm telling you, type it in. Open up a new tab right now, WrestleRumble.com. Uh, first place prize, 1000 uh, if that, that's, that's If you can you know, make the most correct predictions about who's going to win over or under on match times and such at SummerSlam. Look, you're going to watch SummerSlam anyway, so why not watch it and have the possibility to win 1000 bucks or 100 bucks? Um, go to WrestleRumble.com. All the rules are there. A uh, lot of fun. Really encourage you to do it. Yeah, and you know what? It is. Tomorrow's SummerSlam pre- preview day. Tomorrow, we're going to be making our picks. You can listen to the show tomorrow and just straight ticket Houseman, right? I I bet I bet I make my own plans for what I think is going to happen. I think a little off the beaten path. I'm not in line always with everybody. Straight ticket Houseman, I promise you, you're going to come out on top. You're going to want some of those rando winners in there. So I'm good for that. All right. uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you very much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.